0: Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to Education Matters presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm Keith Poston. Today on the show, we're going to talk with University of North Carolina President Margaret Spellings. President Spellings took over the helm of the state's university system just over a year ago following the controversial exit of her predecessor and in the midst of several political storms swirling nationally and in North Carolina. We're going to talk to her about her first year and some of the top issues she's been tackling since she arrived. Before we tackle our main topic, we open with our headlines, a quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. Two weeks ago, our nation watched as hundreds of white supremacists and neo-Nazis descended on Charlottesville, Virginia, and the campus of the University of Virginia, culminating in a horrific attack by one of the white supremacists driving his car into a crowd of protesters, killing 32-year-old Heather Heyer and seriously injuring several others. Here in North Carolina, following that, at least three North Carolina school systems, Durham Public Schools, Orange County Schools, and Chapel hill carborough City Schools, moved to add Confederate flags and Nazi, Nazi swastikas to the list of images specifically banned by district dress codes. At the same time, educators across the country started making plans on how best to engage students arriving for a new school year about the hate and violence they're seeing. At the university level, some colleges moved quickly to remove Confederate monuments from their campuses that had been sources of controversy for years, but had taken on a new sense of urgency post-Charlottesville, where the possible removal of a statue of Robert E. Lee was a flashpoint for the white supremacists. Now here in North Carolina, Duke University removed a statue of Robert E. Lee from the entrance to Duke Chapel, and the mayor of Chapel Hill asked UNC Chapel Hill to remove a Confederate statue from the campus grounds in a rapidly evolving story this week. After nearly 10 years of declining enrollment in our state's teacher preparation programs, the schools of education at our state universities saw an uptick in new enrollment this past year. The University of North Carolina system saw a 6 percent increase in education degree seekers last year after seeing a 30 percent decline since 2010. I should note that the state universities are the single largest source of North Carolina public school teachers. NC State, right here in Raleigh, for example, is seeing its biggest enrollment of undergraduate education majors in five years. Some are crediting recent new investments in teacher pay and the resurrection of programs like the North Carolina Teaching Fellows Program as reasons to be optimistic that this trend may continue. Finally, a new public opinion poll by Education Next, a journal published by Stanford University, shows a dramatic decline in public support for charter schools. Overall support for charter schools fell 12% last year, the largest change in opinion on any single policy. Now, the drop spans both major political parties, support among Republican respondents fell 13% compared to 11% in Democrats. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and read more about each of the headlines as well as the other topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, we have a special guest with us today. Margaret Spellings is the 18th president of the University of North Carolina. She came to UNC last March from the George W. Bush Presidential Center in Dallas, where she served as its president. Before that, she worked in the Bush administration, holding various roles, notably serving as our secretary, U.S. Secretary of Education from 2005 to 2009. President Margaret Spellings. Welcome
1: to Education Thanks, Matters. Keith. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Well, we're glad you're here, too. Well, I want to go ahead and ask you. I mentioned in our headlines, obviously, you, like the rest of the country, watched all the horrific events in Charlottesville, and and, and you know the University of Virginia. It actually, there's a lot of similarities, frankly, between UVA and Carolina, and Chapel Hill, including um, a prominent Confederate statue right in the middle of uh, of the Chapel Hill campus, which I think is the only uh, Confederate statue on any UNC campus. Is it time for UNC Silent Sam to go?
1: I'm proud this week that we had a a peaceful protest about Silent Sam uh, and that, uh, you know, our prime mission and most important calling as, as university leaders is to keep our students and our campuses safe and healthy and wholesome educational environments, while protecting the free speech rights of all of us. And so that's where we are. As I'm sure you're aware, there's a 2015 law that's been passed that does not give the university uh, the power to remove those those uh, monuments and memorials. Uh, that's in the hands of the State Historical Commission and so... Uh, and our state legislature. Right. So. Uh, our job, mission one, is to make sure that we have a safe learning environment for our students. As, uh, as, we'll
0: as, the, as, the, as the UNC president, are you involved in, in discussions with Chancellor Folt or um, uh, other stakeholders talking to students? I mean, it does seem like if, 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 the, if discussion and dialogue is going to happen anywhere, it's going to be on a college campus, sure, right? Sure. And,
1: and that's what happened right. this week. And I'm sure will happen again. Right. Uh, the law is very specific about who has the authority to take action and, and to, to decide where those monuments belong. As you Said In the opening, we are unique in that this is a monument that is in the heart of our our state's flagship university. And so it does pose additional costs and challenges uh, and potential safety threats to our students, faculty, and staff.
0: All right, great. Well, let me move on. I mentioned at the beginning you came to um, the University of North Carolina in March, just a little over a year ago. Now, talking about political turmoil, it's an interesting time in North Carolina, the HB2 fight, um, the circumstances of uh, the former president's departure, General Assembly, the involvement in UNC, and uh, that was an election year. Um, Kind of of (laughs) an interesting one. So how did you set about tackling your role in that environment, and how's it been going?
1: Well, the most important thing that we've been working on uh, with the Board of Governors very closely is a strategic plan that will set the course for the university for the next five years and beyond that focuses on these absolute central issues for the future of our state like affordability, accountability and efficiency of resources, and access and success for our students and so I'm pleased to report that last January the Board of Governors unanimously adopted that plan for the first time. It has very specific measures and holds ourselves accountable to some some very specific outcomes and some controls on things like tuition. So we've been hard at work majoring in the majors as I like to say. <laughs> Uh, on those key priorities for the people of North Carolina.
0: Well, you mentioned those, uh, you mentioned affordability and access. I, I've heard you talk about that. That is, I think that's a concern for a lot of families. I've got a child getting ready to go off to college. Um, tuition in North Carolina has gone up 45% in I think eight years. Um, so there's been some concern about is it sure. getting out of reach uh, for your average North Carolina I well, think
1: I think it's an appropriate concern and why the Board of Governors uh, has put some controls in into our tuition setting policies which is we will not raise tuition faster than the growth of a family income here in the state but I also wanted frankly it's one of the things that drew me to this state that North Carolina has often all always been a strong investor in public higher education we have some of the most affordable world-class universities in this nation and that's to the great benefit of the people of North Carolina and certainly the students above all.
0: Right well I think you're right I mean it's uh, certainly traveling uh, if you travel around the country, I mean the University of North Carolina is is one of the sort of part of our brand.
1: No question and it's a great great value. Now this, okay
0: I've got to ask you about this because you brought it up I saw you speak at the uh, North Carolina Chamber event the other week and um, you're a Republican, you worked for George W. Bush, I mean that was I think the, look, the fact that you when you were coming in as a Republican, that was something I think probably stirred some of the students up. But you actually shared something that was I found rather startling a Pew Research um, report that said that fifty eight percent of Republicans think higher education is bad for the country. I mean, is that something that you see as one of your roles to sort of work on building those bridges a-
1: absolutely and and frankly, it's a shift that has occurred quite quite rapidly. It was not that way even just a few years ago. It's a difficult time in public service and public life and in American higher education. There's no denying that. I think when, when people see uh, protests that get out of hand, when faculty uh, are, are injured, uh, when uh, you know, various things kind of strike as non-commonsensical uh... In, to the public generally i think that's what's eroded uh... confidence in higher education i also think that that uh... people are rightly asking questions about the value of a higher education in this marketplace there's right. lots of students that are home living with mom and dad uh, or have trouble finding a job after college even when they complete successfully so i think our our uh... Call is to continue to frame the value proposition to get students in and out as quickly and efficiently and affordably as possible and to make sure that they have uh, good on ramps and exit ramps into the workforce.
0: So, you feel good about the um, um, sort of where the direction you you, uh, about um, our state's leadership and the General Assembly supporting the university.
1: I do, we've had the strongest budget in 10 years, a 5% increase for the university. That's a vote of confidence in, in what we do, and they get the centrality of higher education to the future of North Carolina. Uh, for example, I mean, we need you know three times as many nurses in this state to meet the demands of this growing, aging, diverse population than we're producing in this state. And they understand that higher education is going to be the major driver of that uh, demand being met.
0: Great. Well, we're going to take a a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation. I want to talk a little bit about, maybe a little bit more about college access, but also teacher preparation, Uh, University of North Carolina, as of course you know, is the largest source of public school teachers. So, but first, before we go to break, see if you can answer this question. What was the top major in the UNC system in 2015, 2016? Welcome back to Education Matters. Did you correctly answer C? 15% of the degrees awarded by UNC last year were for business or marketing majors. Now, I should point out that biological sciences and health professions that were on this list of the choice were also among the top five degrees awarded. We are back with University of North Carolina President Margaret Spellings. I, I just want to, I want to uh, sort of tease off of that—the uh, the business marketing majors. Um, uh, you and I were uh, political mm-hmm. science majors, uh, um, right. and you know there has been some discussion. And we hear so much about science and math and technology, obviously important, but are liberal arts majors uh, still important?
1: H- absolutely, and uh, you know these binary. Uh, uh, discussions really are not very productive because, as we all know, uh, the liberal arts teach us to think and write, communicate, to understand each other and where we come from, and on and on and on. It's also often an on ramp to graduate education, to uh, law schools, and, and other uh, programs. So, you bet there's I'm good. Oh, we, we've done okay yeah. for ourselves it, with, with, a... with our liberal arts <laughs> degree. So.
0: Well, look, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to, to mention that, but let me ask you, uh, speaking of various degrees, teacher preparation. This is a show about um, education. We primarily focus on K-12 education on this show. Um, and the schools uh, that uh, you oversee uh, create most of our teachers in North Carolina. That's right. Good news. We saw an uptick in our schools of education enrollment. Uh, what do you attribute that to?
1: Well, I think it's a couple of things. As you said when we opened, uh, enhanced teacher pay certainly doesn't hurt anything. And likewise, the uh, reestablishment of the teaching fellows program, which will come online uh, in the early part of next year. And I think incentives for uh, for teachers and young people to go into teaching are certainly in order. Uh, but sadly, we still need many more than uh, than, uh, than we have uh, enrolling. Uh, this is a state with a growing population, a rural population, a diverse population, and we need to make sure that we have great teachers in every one of our school districts. And we're gonna have to do things like use technology and other means to make sure those those needs are met.
0: What are your, um, you, you, you obviously, um, Talk regularly with your deans, uh, particularly in the, the schools of education. We've had a couple of your fine yep. ones from NC State, UNC Good. Wilmington, on the show. Great. What are they telling you? Um, what are they seeing? Do they are, are they um, are things that are working better for them that are making it more attractive? For well, I,
1: I think some of the things that we talked about making it attractive certainly are, are at issue. But one of the things that's a really chronic problem is that students wash out. Uh, fairly quickly often in teacher education so they stay for three or four years and then say hey teaching's not for me and so one of the things we can best do is make sure that our teachers are very skilled when they get there they can feel in command of their skill of their practice and of their subject so that they can be successful and stay And those retention strategies really are as important as our recruitment strategies.
0: Well, just like in business, it's easier to keep a customer, it's easier if you can keep a teacher, that's a big part of the pipeline. The pipeline is not just who's coming in. Absolutely. Now, you're going to be, um, as the university, um, taking a little more of a foray into K-12 education directly. We haven't haven't had um, someone on yet, but we want to, to talk about lab schools. Um, so, um, that's, is that something that uh, you see as a long-term strategy for the university, or how is that going to fit into um, your overall picture?
1: The legislature has called on the university to create a number of lab schools throughout the system. We'll start a couple of them this fall. In fact, they're just beginning now with uh, a number to come next fall as well. And uh, the theory of action behind it is really very, very good. And that is that we need to make sure that our teacher candidates have real-time preparation uh... where they can meet those challenges immediately and really get those that practice secondly it also allows us to really uh... you know uh, develop our students so that we can have some future customers who are qualified uh, to be successful in higher education, those students coming out of those lab schools. And it allows us really to, to give back to our communities in, in very important ways. These are, are often uh, low-income, at-risk students, and that's where the lab schools are. So we're excited about it.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to learning more about it yep. and seeing how they work. I mean, we certainly, like you said, there's there's great need uh, for, always need for innovation and trying things new. So, exactly. Now, you mentioned about giving back to the community. Um, university of North Carolina overall, all the campus, it's a major economic driver. I was looking at some numbers. I think I'm actually going to mention some in my final word. But how important is this university system to the future of our state and, the, and really the health of our economy?
1: I like to think that it's one of the state's most important assets, maybe the most important asset. I mean, if we are in a global knowledge economy, we're in the knowledge business. And we know that far too few of our our citizens have uh, the requisite amount of post-secondary education to be successful in the workplace. And our mission and our aim is to change that. Uh, We are an importer of talent right now. That's served us well. We're a growing, vibrant, economically successful state right now, but we need to make sure that we're educating our people to very high levels.
0: What else, um, you mentioned the the tuition, sort of management control, what else is the state, what else is the university looking at to make college more of a reality and accessible to more people in North Carolina?
1: Well, we need to make sure that, that students are very efficient in how they uh, complete college. Uh, what we know from the research is that students obviously, uh, often take too long finding their way, so they're taking too many credits, obviously that, that costs them money, and extra time that they don't need. So we need to make sure that we're putting, helping students get on a very direct path, to a credential as quickly as possible and as affordably as possible. We also need to make uh, students aware of their financial aid uh, options uh, and, and responsibilities early on. Uh, we need to have good advising and counseling available to them. The various support services, especially for those first-generation students, and yeah. we can do all of that.
0: Are you bullish on this, uh, the North Carolina Promise, uh, the effort for uh, what is it? Western Carolina, Elizabeth Pembroke, City State, and UNC Pembroke? That's
1: right. I'm very excited about it because I think it could be a real game changer. We are a national leader in this. You know, our constitution calls on this uh, this state to make higher education as free as practicable and $500 a semester is pretty darn close. So I'm excited to see what it's gonna mean to those institutions uh, in particular, but most importantly to the students who will receive that benefit. And I commend the legislature to provide those levels of investment to make that real.
0: So what's the most important thing that, uh, that the university needs from the
1: state? Uh, support, confidence, uh, autonomy, uh, the ability for us to really uh, raise issues, policy issues, uh, and allow us to develop that human capital that we all uh, want and need to make this a great and thriving place to do business and to live and thrive. Great,
0: thank you so much for being thank here. You, as, as you know, I am not impartial when it comes to the University of North Carolina. So we appreciate pleasure it. to have you on, and uh, we'll have you back on again. Go heels. Thank you. Okay. After the break, this week's Leadership Spotlight. This week, Education Matters spotlights individuals demonstrating exceptional leadership in education in North Carolina based on nominations from you, our viewers. This week, we spotlight Wilson County Schools and Barton College.
1: I think a good principal is first a good teacher, an effective teacher
0: who can work in the operational side and the vision side at the same time and not get pulled apart
1: get someone who can lead with confidence with enough confidence to let other people share in that leadership
0: those are people who are great administrators i've taught 14 years for wilson county schools i recently graduated from barton college with my msa my master's school administration the barton college msa program paired with the aspiring administrators programs at Wilson County Schools. Basically, it, it ensured that I would have the theoretical knowledge base that's married or underpinned by the hands-on practical training uh, that is that Wilson County needs in administrators and administrators through eastern North Carolina. We tailor our support to their individual needs. So, for example, if you spent all of your career in secondary, one of the things that you may want to work on is you need more, but You shadow an interested principal or someone like that.
1: Our administrators in the Wilson County School System share their experience and their guidance and mentoring skills with our students. So everybody benefits.
0: If you think about it, I mean, you've got a college right in our backyard. And so through the collaboration with Dr. Ennis, you know, everything that we're sharing with our aspiring administrators, they can share in classes, and I mean, what better way to be able to get the entire message across to folks. Many of my professors at Barton um, were either district leaders, or uh, uh, so you have, it, it's, it's a meeting of both worlds. When we work with the teachers in this school district who want to become principals, really what we're doing is we are helping to train future Barton College students. By doing that, then it helps Barton College flourish, it keeps our school of education strong, and it maintains the quality of the learning that takes place in this part of the state of North Carolina. If you know someone or a program that deserves to be recognized, visit our website, ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and you'll find a link to nominate someone in your community. After the break, this week's final word. I can't pretend to be an unbiased observer when it comes to the University of North Carolina, in particular UNC Chapel Hill. I'm a proud Carolina alum, as is my wife, and my daughter is a senior at the North Carolina School of Science and Mathematics, which is another part of the UNC system. So I'm all in for the UNC system. But you know what? All North Carolinians ought to be. Our state university system is truly the envy of the country. The 16 college campuses that make up the UNC system are the heart of the economic engine of our state, and a huge part of our brand and positive reputation our state has historically enjoyed. Two years ago, UNC authorized a study to quantify the economic impact of the university system on the state. Some of the numbers that came back were remarkable. The $9 billion the university spends in one year on payroll and operations created $27.9 billion in added state income. That's equal to 6.4% of the total gross state product of the state, or the equivalent of creating more than 400,000 new jobs. Now, given that kind of return, it's frankly baffling to me that UNC has had to fight so hard for adequate state investment over the past few years. President Spellings is correct that the budget passed this session is the best one in years for UNC. But honestly, that's not a high bar. Yeah, there was a modest increase in funding, about 1.5% but when the budget totals are breaking down per student and adjusted for inflation, the state will actually spend less per student in 2017 through 2019 than it did last year and nowhere near what North Carolina invested per student before the Great Recession. Since 2008, enrollment in the UNC system has increased more than 18,000 students, while state funding per student has decreased by 14%, including more than $800 million in so-called flexibility cuts. So how have the universities made up for all this lost investment? One way is through tuition and fee hikes. Average tuition and fees at our state universities have increased almost 45 percent since 45 percent. No wonder college is feeling more and more out of reach for many families. President Spellings is rightly focusing on increasing access and affordability. The new North Carolina Promise program, with its $500 per semester tuition at Elizabeth City State, UNC Pembroke, and Western Carolina that we talked about at the end, are worthy efforts to try. But in the end, our university system still needs sustained investments, not just one-year reprieves from cuts. That's it for this week's show. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon.